Good morning. My name is Stephen Capaldo and uh, coming to you from uh, Capaldo with Love, or Wheelbarrow Man. And this morning I'm going to talk to you a little bit uh, on a uh, uh, applying a scripture from uh, Matthew and I'm going to apply it to what's, uh, what recently we've, we've been hearing in the news. And uh, hopefully it'll be helpful. Um, and I'm only talking to the people who are interested in finding out stuff. You know, I'm not, there are a lot of people who aren't really interested in finding out stuff, who either want to hide it or deny it. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the people who really want to find out stuff and think for themselves and do their own research and not put anyone up on a pedestal. So those are the people I'm talking to. So I'll read a little bit from Matthew 10, uh, 34 through 39. Do not think that I've come to bring peace upon the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but war, for I came to set one against another, a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be of his household. The one who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and the one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and who does not take his cross and follow behind me is not worthy of me. The one who has found his life will destroy it, and the one who has lost his life for my sake will find it. So this is really uh, one of the typical characterizations of Jesus, and you know you hear a lot of people who say that they, they follow Jesus so they cannot possibly get... Uh, you know, involved in politics or anything like that. And I, and I, I agree that the, the, the spiritually minded person should not really have a political mindset. You know, should not have the, your mind in the political gutter, that's for sure. But uh, Jesus in his life, did he fight for things? Yes, of course he fought for things. So all of these things that I hear from people is, oh, I follow Jesus, you know, so I, I couldn't possibly say anything about the election because, you know, somebody might hurt me with words or, you know, somebody might mock me or I might lose friends over politics or this type of thing. I think it's just an excuse. People, you don't have to be interested in politics, but I think, I think the, 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 the Jesus card is very often played as just, a, just an excuse that, you know, I, I can't get involved in something because somebody might say something mean. Well, uh, welcome to life. You know, the, Jesus said, this is life, you know, get, the, uh, get used to it. I mean, we, we, we're, we're all trying to fight our way through mean words. You know, mean words are used by people against people every day, all the time. So, so what do you stand for? And of course, spiritually, the son is the way to the father. There's no question about that. Uh, on the other hand, we're also here, you know, on earth right now. And the way Jesus lived his life uh, he did fight for things. He did fight for things. And, and yes, spiritually, he did heal and he did feed and he, he, he helped the people who were oppressed by the Roman Empire. I mean, he did, he, he did take a stand for, for the, the weak and the poor and the oppressed. You know? so, uh, I don't really see that saying you're a follower of Jesus and then refusing to discuss anything because you're afraid, I don't really see that that's really following Jesus. But yet anyway, that's just an opinion. What I really wanted to talk about was uh, this General Flynn uh, was uh, recently pardoned by uh, Trump, and then he went to Europe to do whatever he did. And uh, recently, uh, this morning, I guess it was, that uh, he tweeted for uh, President Trump to invoke temporary martial law. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what's, what's going on and what that means and, and, and what it's about, as I understand it. And I think you have to do your own research as well. But um, 
the thing is, you know the story of General Flynn. He had this uh, case where supposedly he was lying and the prosecution realized that it really was kind of a setup and so they wanted to drop it, but the judge technically is not allowing them to drop it, so Trump came in and pardoned Flynn. So uh, here we are, and uh, now he was not pardoned that long ago, and he is, he's, he's called for temporary martial law uh, and new elections. A new election. So uh, what's going on? So if we summarize some of the options here, uh, there's a, a legal option right now. Uh, Trump is fighting the results of the election um, legally in the courts. So, you know, he has made a number of uh, cases in different states and asked for recounts and filed lawsuits and this and that. And if people are familiar at all with litigation, you know, what, what you do is that you file a bunch of lawsuits and, you know, you, you try to narrow down the issues, you know, to maybe a couple of lawsuits. And also what happens in the process of litigation is that other people file uh, in your defense, but the, it's not really your lawsuit. So when you read in the media, the mainstream media, that all these Trump lawsuits have been rejected, many of them were not Trump lawsuits. Many of them were lawsuits of other people who did not have standing to file an action in that particular court. And then, yeah, there were, it depends which judge you get. If you, if you don't get a judge that's, uh, you know, amenable to reviewing the evidence, reviewing what there is, uh, then you might lose uh, some lawsuits. So uh, ultimately, this thing will go to the Supreme Court, and uh, it will be it will be ruled on. And and the the, the thing the, the thing is that you know uh, very often in the the mainstream uh, media and mainstream politicians they say that you know these are baseless accusations. There is no evidence of legal of legal fraud or fraud in a legal sense. Uh, there is no evidence of it. But the evidence goes to the court, and the court has to decide on the value. Of the evidence, it's not uh, it's not you or me, it's not the media, it's not the politicians, it's the court that has to rule on the evidence. Is there enough? Is that good enough evidence? So, if you're very sensitive about using that word evidence, just call it information. I think if you're a responsible journalist, or indeed even a responsible citizen, you would want to look at the information available instead of just saying it doesn't exist, pretending it doesn't exist, or saying, well, okay, here's some information, but it's all dreamt up, you know, it's all conspiracy and all this kind of thing. Uh, I think the responsible approach would be to look at the information. And we understand, you know, when people look at information, they don't always come up with the same conclusion. You know, I heard uh, yesterday, I heard someone say, well, those affidavits that people submit, you know, there, there are misunderstandings there. You know, I'm not saying people are lying, but, you know, they don't understand really how elections work. Well, maybe in some cases, but that's up to the judge to decide. Uh, an affidavit is something that you have to swear to under penalty of, um, you know, legal penalties, perjury. You know, if, you, if you're lying, you can't lie in an affidavit. There may be a misunderstanding. It's not the same thing as a deliberate, intentional lie. That may happen sometimes, but what about other information that where there is no misunderstanding, where, you know, things certain things definitely happened? You know, it's, it, it isn't really uh, a fair argument to say that there's nothing here to look at. Uh, but this is what the mainstream uh, media and the uh, and the uh, mainstream politicians uh, keep saying there's nothing to look at, that this should have been conceded a long time ago, and this is baseless, and this is false. And the speech that Trump gave the other day, which was very interesting as well, which sets up the legal framework for defending the U.S. Constitution and defending the U.S. against, its, uh, against foreign powers, uh, that was dismissed as 45 minutes of ranting and uh, falsehoods and, and this and that. Now, responsible press would actually report on the information in that speech 
and might still find that it's, uh, you know, they don't like it. I mean, okay, you know, we, we reach different conclusions. It's like studying the Bible. You know, people look at the same information, they reach different conclusions, and then one calls the other a false teacher. You know, that, that's how it goes with the, with the Bible. It, it's not necessarily that someone is a false teacher. It's just that you looked at it one way and I looked at it another way and we came up with different conclusions. That's fair in a truly open society. That's, that's fair. That's what I'm, not what I'm talking about. It's just what I'm talking about is the refusal to be informed, the lack of desire to learn, the lack of desire to think for yourself, the lack of desire to look into these things. That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, the, the, the legal option is ongoing, which is, is very uh, tedious with all of these challenges and recounts and this and that. But eventually, I think the end game is for the Supreme Court to say that overall, this, uh, the election was valid or it was invalid. And if invalid, then it re would revert to Congress, presumably. And the, the defense option, which really is what I think what Trump was setting up when he gave his speech on the, I think it was Wednesday now, the 2nd of December, um, I think that's, that's uh, setting up a defense of the, of the Constitution. Um, and he's got several uh, tools, a defense of the Constitution and a defense of the, of the U.S. against uh, treasonous actors who are under the influence of foreign powers. Now, why would he be doing this? It doesn't make sense that someone would be doing this unless they had a lot of information about certain individuals. And one of them being Joe Biden, I would imagine, and I've, I'll say what I've, I'll just tell you what I've heard later on. But uh, Trump uh, filed an executive order um, on, I think, September 12th, 2018, to start this, this, this security option, national security option and defense option. There's also the Obama law of the National uh, Defense Administration Act, I think it's called NDAA, that came from the Obama era, and uh, another document called NSAM 57, which gives uh, certain executive powers to, uh, um, to the president uh, if somebody has promoted uh, this type of disloyalty. And the whole Department of Defense, you probably noticed that, uh, you know, it's, it's been totally mocked by uh, mainstream media, but the, there's been a realignment of the Department of Defense. <coughs> Pardon me. Certain people had to leave. Certain people have been brought in. Uh, there have been some interesting changes made, like bringing back uh, electric chair and firing squads and stuff like that. You can, you can check all that out. And I'm not saying any of that necessarily will happen. But I think it's to show that there is, there is a national security thing going on here. Uh, if there are people who are under the influence of foreign powers, that they can be charged with treasonous acts and they can be dealt with accordingly by the military, not by the civilian court, but by the military. So that's, that's a possibility that, uh, you know, that it, it, it might happen. And I don't see there was something that Trump said in his speech that, uh, if there is fraud, Joe, Joe Biden cannot be president. He said something like that. Well, I think he's telegraphing something. And, you know, I don't know him, and he doesn't know me, and it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think he's telegraphing something that, you know, there's some serious information available about Joe Biden. And if you look at it a certain way, uh, if you are an outgoing president, and let's say everybody hates your guts, it doesn't matter. Let's say you're an outgoing president, and it's your job to transfer constitutional authority to an incoming president, and you've got this file of information that says that this person is under the influence of a foreign power, 
as the outgoing president, can you transfer that authority to the incoming president? Can you do that? I mean, is that the, the outgoing president is now uh, is now involved in this scheme, right? You know, so that you know, I, I mean, even if you hate Trump, I mean, there, you know, I, I, if I were an outgoing president, I, I don't think I'd want to do that if I had this pile of information in front of me. And we'll see what that information is. We'll see. We don't really know everything, but I mean, we've, we're starting to hear more and more, you know, as the days go by. For, for he who has an ear and wants to hear, for he who has an eye and wants to see. And I'm not talking to the mainstream media and politicians because I know they don't have an eye to see and they don't have an ear to hear. So I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to people who want, who, who crave truth, who really are looking for truth. So the options going forward... Um, I've heard it said that uh, a pardon, a presidential pardon, has been offered to Joe Biden based on the information available of, of his, his involvement with China in particular. Um, that probably would require a new election anyway, um, but there would be less bloodshed if he did accept that, op that option. If, if Biden did accept the pardon, uh, then at least he, accept, he acknowledged something. <laughs> and he would, he would have to acknowledge something in order to accept the pardon, right? Because that's the whole point, is that something has been alleged, and then you're pardoned for it. But one of the conditions of the pardon would be that he has to acknowledge something about something. And, and you know, we, we'll see, uh, we would see what that is. But also, it's a hard thing for Biden to accept because he's probably got his numerous friends and well-wishers behind the scenes that, you know, they, they see him in a, in a medical boot right now. But, uh, you know, they probably are looking out for him and saying, look, you don't want that medical boot to become a, a body cast or a body bag. So maybe you better keep your mouth shut and not accept this pardon. You know, there's, there's probably that kind of pressure going on behind the scenes as well. So uh, I, I don't know what would become of that, but uh, that would be the way with less bloodshed and probably not requiring martial law, but possibly requiring a new election. Now, um, and it's temporary martial law. Um, the other two options, the Supreme Court ruling, uh, and especially if it went to Congress, all of that would, would require martial law because you can you imagine the Speaker of the House convening a meeting uh, to vote for the president, knowing that the result is going to be that Trump gets back in. You know, that's it's almost certain. Um, so that, that if the SCOTUS ruling is favorable to Trump and the election reverts to Congress, then that will require martial law. And the other uh, option, if the legal option doesn't work and there has to be the, these, you know, multiple arrests of treasonous actors who are under the influence of foreign powers, and a new election on top of it, well, of course, that, that of course, will require martial law. So martial law is supposed to be temporary. Uh, apparently, Abraham Lincoln did it. I'm not an expert on U.S. history, but I think that uh, Abraham Lincoln did it. And uh, it might also include seizing the assets of not just individuals, but corporations who have been under the influence of foreign powers. Uh, so it, it could be quite extensive. But the stakes are not for one person to get reelected. The stakes are what does the Constitution mean? Does it mean anything? Uh, the Constitution began in 1776 with a certain idea, a new idea, and then evil came upon the land. And in 1871, actually, the U.S. Constitution was, was taken away, in effect. In 1871, there was a, a, an act that was passed to turn the... Uh, 
the United States not into a constitutional republic to cancel that and to turn it into a corporation under the, the banks and our banker friends of, you know, who we know. Um, so I don't know. I think that, uh, uh, I think this is, uh, it's been like 150 years of this erosion and especially the last 30 years. So I think the issue is not bringing back one person who is just a temporary person. That's not the issue. The issue is looking ahead, different generations, you know, children, grandchildren, looking down the road. You know, what kind of country do you want? And other countries look at the U.S. and say, what kind of country do we want? You know, because this thing has been going on, this type of erosion and corruption has been going on uh, all over the place. You know, it's not just a U.S. thing. But the U.S. Uh, is experiencing a big problem with it now, and everybody's looking. Everybody's watching all over the world. They're watching to see what's going to happen. What happens to the U.S. might well happen to someone else, you know, if it's whether it's good or bad. So uh, it is an important thing, and it truly is not political. It's not Republican and Democrat. It's a, it's a civic constitutional issue, and it's not about, you know, liking Trump, not liking Trump. You know, even if you suffer from this, whatever it's called, Trump derangement syndrome, this is, it, it could happen to anybody at any time. That's what you should be thinking if you have an eye to see and an ear to hear. And I know the people, some of the people I'm talking to, they don't. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the ones who want to see and hear. Uh, you know, to, to be, you know, to give some sober thought to this, that it's not, as, it's not as simple as liking or disliking a political candidate. But there are a lot of uh, ramifications, a lot of things... Uh, a lot of things are going on and a lot of negative things are happening or could happen. And um, we get distracted by a lot of things. You know, we, we, we put all this, uh, all of this attention on the Middle East and really, you know, China we should be looking at. Uh, really, China is very important right now. And I, I have heard rumors behind the scenes that maybe the Chinese Communist Party doesn't have the influence that it did. Maybe its influence is on the wane. I don't know, but I think that's right now. That's that's the that's the focus, you know. And, and it's not so much the Middle East. The Middle East is starting to take some small steps toward towards peace. Uh, so I guess I guess that's a good thing. But uh, really, I, I think that uh, it, it's uh, it's other countries. You know, we've heard of involvement with China. We've heard of involvement with Ukraine, and these are the things that uh, might come under this national security risk. Uh, label, you know, that, uh, that that is part of that framework for the defense option of dealing with the situation. So anyway, those are just some of the things that I, I wanted to point out. Uh, and maybe I'll just end with Psalm 91, which is on page 911 of my, my copy of the Bible, 911. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the destructive pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, the Most High, your habitation, there will no evil befall you, neither will any plague come near your dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. 
They will bear, bear you up in the palms of their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So thank you very much for uh, listening, and, and keep praying, and God bless you, and bye for now. Don't stop. Don't stop. Take my hand.